You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. When I got saved, when I became a Christian, my mother didn't know what to do with me because my life was transformed. So, for example, at Christmas time, I wasn't really into stuff anymore. So what did she do? She went off and bought me a goat. And thankfully, it wasn't a goat that was out the back garden eating the clothes, but it was one of those goats where, you know, you buy them and, on behalf of a charity and they, they, they head off to Africa. And it's actually a fantastic idea. So every year, my mother buys me a goat. And then, not to be, not to be outdone, my mother-in-law turns around one day and says, I'm after buying you a donkey. <laughs> and this donkey is down in Liscarl, and his name is Jaxi. And you get a little form saying Jaxi is nine years of age, and, and his best friend is Jimmy. And uh, myself and Mike would be joking, you know, in the office saying, maybe we should go down and do an outreach to the donkeys down in Liscarl. And then he'd say, well, you know, if we had a bad day speaking, maybe they should come up and preach one of the donkeys. <laughs> So the reason I'm talking about a donkey this morning is that we're actually going to look at a scripture um, in the Old Testament about a donkey, about a man on his donkey who goes on a journey. And just as we were listening to uh, Denise is heading off on a journey, a journey of life, thank God, this man, he's not, his name is Balaam, headed off on a journey of death. And whether you like it or not, or whether you know it or not, we're all on a journey, aren't we? From the day that we're born to the day that we die, we're on a journey. And really what this message is about is, is that journey a journey with God, or is the journey you're on now a journey against God? Now we can close in prayer. So I just want to set the, the, the scene before we read the scripture. It's about 1400 BC. There's a guy called Balak, who's the king of Moab. There's a guy called Balaam, a fortune teller, essentially. He's into the dark arts, the occult, and his donkey. Now what happens is, if you look at that picture, that's actually Moab, which is a country just beside Israel. It's not a country anymore, but back then it was. And the Israelites had come out of Egypt, and Moses had brought them along for 40 years. Um, their feet, their shoes never wore out. God had supernaturally looked after them for those 40 years. And they were about to enter the promised land. You know that story? And they pulled up alongside Moab, and the king of Moab freaked out because there was two and a half million people that he, looked, he stood up in the mountain, he looked down, and he saw two and a half million people. Can you imagine that? Half, roughly half the size of the population of Ireland. So he just freaked out. So what did he do? He says, we need to destroy the Israelites. So he goes and he hires a guy who was now renowned for cursing um, nations and peoples, and it actually came to pass. So he hires Balaam, Balaam the fortune teller. And of course, the word Balaam means destroyer. And anytime you see someone trying to destroy you or the people of God, it's the devil who's behind it. That's another name for Satan, is, is the destroyer. So this guy sent off for Balaam. Balaam comes down, and he's on his journey. And God had said to him not to go, because God had intervened. Because you know what? God is a God who cares about you, isn't he? Amen. God is not a God who allowed the enemy to attack you, is he? So he, he'd intervened. He said, Balaam, don't go. But see, Balaam was greedy for money. That was, his, that was his fault. Money was his problem. He was mad for money. And, and King Balak had offered him fortune and money and all sorts of fame and all sorts of rewards. So we're going to join the story now. And you can read with me. I'm going to read from the screen. And it says, so the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey and started off with the Moabite officials. 
But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the roadblock in his way. As Balaam and his two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road <clears throat> and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves you beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword of me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you've ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed down his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I've come to block your way because you're stubbornly resisting me. You are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would have certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Lord, we pray that your word will come alive today. In the name of Jesus, we pray that your word will go deep into our souls, Lord. Sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing soul from spirit and bone from marrow. We call on the name of Jesus Christ. We call on the Holy Spirit. Come now in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. See, we see that God was angry with Balaam. And he was angry at Balaam because Balaam was disobedient and he was greedy. And let's see what happens next. It says, who is the angel of the Lord? Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with the drawn sword in his hand. I love this scripture because we see Jesus in the Old Testament just as much as we see Jesus in the New Testament. And we see him with a drawn sword in his hand. When, when the Bible mentions the angel of the Lord standing on the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it's talking about the second person of the Trinity. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that wonderful? From Genesis to Revelation, Jesus isn't, didn't just come on the scene when he was born as a baby, this is before he'd taken on flesh, before he'd become man. But the second person of the Trinity was standing there with a, a sword drawn in his hand. Isn't that wonderful? Do you know why? Because he come to intervene to rescue the people of God. And he does the same for you. Whatever situ situation you're in today, be sure Jesus is no longer the suffering servant. He suffered when he came to the earth, but he rose again victorious. Did you know that? Hallelujah. We now worship the King of heaven. He's the Lord of heaven and the Lord of earth. And he's got a sword in his hand. And I'm on his side. Are you on his side this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. So Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword in his hand. Hallelujah. And let's, let's, we're just going to briefly go over the, the scripture that we read originally. And I just encourage you, if you get a chance, when you go home, when you have a bit of time, just read through that chapter again. It's just absolutely fantastic. I just put a head in there. Are you lashing out at others? Okay. Here we have a situation where Balaam gets his staff and three times he beats the donkey. The very donkey who saved his life three times. 
He beats the donkey, you know. There's times in our lives when there's a roadblock, when God stops us on the road. He stops us on our journey. And what do we do? We take it out on those around us. We take it out on the very one who loves us the most, perhaps, whether it be a wife or a parent or a child or a friend. And, that, and the donkey, God had to open, allow him supernaturally, to allow him to speak, to, to, to grab hold of the madness of Balaam. A donkey, can you imagine walking along on a donkey and the donkey goes, all right, bye. <laughs> like, you, you'd be freaked out, wouldn't you? But that's what it took to stop the madness of Balaam. A donkey had to speak to him. And the donkey said, have I been doing this? Have I a habit of doing this? Are you having a trouble at the moment? Is there a blockage in your life? But you don't see that God is actually behind it. Because when God stops us on our journey, it's not to spoil our fun, is it? He's not our enemy, is he? No, he wants to put us on the right track. That's why he stops us on our journey. God is actually blocking you. Have you ever considered that? Is there something going on in your life this morning, right today? And you're praying against the blockage. And that's fair enough, but have you actually sought the face of God and said, Lord, why is this blockage? Why is this obstacle in my life? Because God is saying to you, not to all of us, maybe to some of us, I've come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. See, we can take on a path very easy as Christians, a, r- a wrong path, and it, become a reckless, it can become a reckless path before us. And God, in his love, in his love, don't forget this, brothers and sisters, this is always in God's love, as a, a loving father will stop us for our own good. Well, actually, I need to go back one. There's a pattern as well here. Okay, there's a pattern. You can see a pattern. When you look at this scripture, you can see, and, this, and if we're honest with ourselves, it's the donkey, the one who's supposed to be stupid, is the smart one. It's, the, it's, it's, the, it's, it's Balaam who's the stubborn one. Donkeys are known for being stubborn, aren't they? But it's Balaam who's the stubborn one. It's Balaam who's blind. This guy was known to be a, a prophet. Another word for it was a seer. A world-famous um, spiritual guy, religious guy, and he was blind. He couldn't see the angel of God on the road, but the donkey saw the angel, and he was dumb. Balaam came to curse, but the donkey brought life and spoke life to Balaam. Balaam's journey, his objective was to curse the people of Israel. But you know what? You know the sobering thing this morning? We can be like Balaam, can't we? Yes, we can. I got a good yes over here. Fantastic. We can, if we're honest, we can, because the more we go down the wrong road, the darker it gets. And the less we see of God, and the more we think we know it all, we don't know it all. We need to walk humbly before God. We need to be like the donkey. He laid down before Jesus. That's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. So he says, I've come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one. Obviously, Balaam is terrified. What do I do, he says? Do I go home? No, God had a better plan. God says, no, you carry on, but you only say what I tell you to say. So there's another whole fantastic portion of scripture. We don't have time to get into it. But basically, this guy, remember Balak, the king who hired him? He gets a shot because four times, every time Balaam prophesied over the people of Israel, Balak had hired him to curse him, and he actually blessed him. It's wonderful. (laughs) Hallelujah. Whatever 
The devil meant for evil, God will turn to good in your life. In the name of Jesus. He says, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Did you know in Christ you are not cursed? Did you know that? In Jesus Christ you are blessed. If you are in the ark of God, there's another uh, picture of who Jesus is, you are safe. You are not cursed. There's people here this morning, you think you're cursed. You're not. If you're a Christian, you're not. The blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. There'll be a chance at the end, if you're not a Christian, just to call on the name of the Lord. If you feel that your life is cursed, God is saying to you, no, I will turn that cursing into a blessing because of the power of Jesus. Amen. And not only that, but Balaam, a pagan priest living 400 miles away in Mesopotamia. He's not even a Jew or an Israelite. He foretells or prophesies the coming of Jesus Christ 1,400 years before. What does that tell you about God? No plan can work against God. No plan of the evil one can work against God. Hallelujah. He is all-powerful. God is massive. He's bigger than you can imagine him to be. And he is in control. He is in charge. Look, this is what this guy does. I see him, but not here now. I perceive him, but not far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. He's talking about Jesus. A scepter will emerge from Israel. Praise God. If that doesn't move you this morning, nothing will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, what about Balaam? Where did he end up? Well, it says in Proverbs, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And very often, even as believers, if we're not supernaturally tuned into God, we can start to live in the natural world. And some things in the natural world appear to be right. Don't they? Because everyone else is doing it. Or that's the way the world is saying. And next minute the wisdom of the world says, well, that's right. And that's the way to go. And before you know it, if you're not tuning into God, there is a way that appears to be right. And in the end, it leads to death. Again, another fantastic portion about Balaam and what he goes on to do. He still didn't learn his lesson. But to cut a long story short, Balaam ended up dead. Cut down by the sword. It says God killed him. Because he didn't have a chance. He got an, he, he, how many people see Jesus in their lives on the road? He actually saw the creator of the universe. But he was so hooked in by his greed. And he was so hooked in by his own plan. And so stubborn and so determined to get where he wanted to go. He ended up dead. Let not that happen to any one of us here this morning. Hallelujah. So... This is one of the first scriptures I ever read when I became a Christian. And I can't, words mightn't describe what happened to me, but I was inside and I hadn't a clue about anything when it comes to, except I knew that Jesus was the Savior and I called on his name and, and I'd become a Christian. So there, and I, and I opened the Bible and I read this scripture, the high and lofty one who lives in eternity. The Holy One says, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restored the crushed spirit of the humble and revived the courage of those with repentant hearts. And I remember being terrified, but yet filled with joy. Did you know you can have, the, you can have that experience at the same time? I was terrified because I got a revelation of the awesomeness of the living God. And yet filled with joy that he was speaking to me personally. And did you know that you can be broken and still proud? Or you can be on top of the world and humble. Brokenness doesn't mean you're humble. You need to be broken and humble. You don't need to be broken to be saved. 
There was a guy called um, Bernard Langer, I think his name was. He was a famous golfer. Won the Masters Championship, top of the world. Nothing wrong with him. Fantastic family, health, world famous, best golfer in the world. He said, life is empty. He got saved. He knew he needed more. You don't have to be like in the gutter, we'll say, to come to Christ. You can come to Christ anyway, any aspect of your life, any, any, any age, any, any um, situation, you can come to Jesus, you know? But, but I remember God saying to me, yeah, you're broken, but you need to be humble as well. Because you can be, I've met people and they're broken, their lives are destroyed and they're still proud. They still reject God. And they can't get saved. You can't get saved if you're proud. God opposes the proud. Don't be like this donkey here. Don't be resisting the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God speaking to you this morning. And not just this morning. Maybe speaking to you over the last few weeks. Maybe you know. Maybe you know that God is speaking to you about a situation in your life. Don't resist God. Because you know what? You've got a choice here this morning. You can resist God and you can go with Satan. Or you can resist the devil or go with God. Is there any in between? Not according to the Bible. You're either resisting God or you can resist the devil. When you resist the devil, he will flee from you. When you resist God, eventually, because the Bible says it, eventually God gives you over. He gives you over. That's a terrifying, terrifying thought. So brothers and sisters, hear what the Lord is saying to you this morning. But the good news is, Jesus took on flesh. He became a man, so he knows what it's like for us to be tempted. He knew he resisted. He, he perfectly resisted the devil in the desert, the temptations of Satan. He resisted on our behalf. He knows what it's like to be human. He hasn't left us to our own devices. The Bible says that he gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us, to change our hearts. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Don't be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but it must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. There is no power in the name of every, any other religious leader that ever lived, ever was, or ever will be, but there's power in the name of Jesus. Because on that cross... There was a transaction took place. Your sins went on to Christ and he was punished instead of you. And his righteousness went on to you. Isn't that glorious? We have his righteousness. Hallelujah. And therefore we have power. We have power to say no to that temptation. For Balaam, it was money. Money was his God. You know what it is yourself. <clears throat> you know what it is you're struggling with. And, and I just believe, I believe God spoke to me and he said, there's some people here who think they can't overcome that area, that, that trouble, that, that vice, that sin, whatever you want to call it. And God is saying, that's not true. And we just pray that that lie will come down today in the name of Jesus. You can overcome anything in the name of Jesus. You can. That's the power of the gospel. Hallelujah. So we're going we're gonna to close with this quote. It's a guy called um, Charles Spurgeon, a famous preacher. He puts it so simply, doesn't he? When your will is God's will, you will have your will. There's joy when you're in God's will. There's real satisfaction, real contentment when you're in God's will. And we're going to pray, um, if the worship team wouldn't mind coming up, please. We're going to pray. We're going to pray three prayers. 
We're going to pray salvation. We're going to pray submission. We're going to pray strength for the journey. Because we're all in different places here this morning. There might be some here this morning, and you don't know Jesus Christ. But he's drawn you here. And he's seen you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. And the Bible says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You'll be saved from your sins. You'll be saved from that torment that you're going through. You'll be saved from doubt. You'll be saved from guilt and condemnation. That's wonderful, isn't it? God is a wonderful Savior. God is into salvation. And God will sometimes stop us on our road, on whatever road of destruction we're on, He'll stop us to save us. Hallelujah. I'm glad that God saved me. But you must humble yourself before the Lord. You have the choice, you see. God doesn't take away our, our free will. He gives us the choice. So I can stand here, and I do stand here, on behalf of the sovereign King of Heaven, and I say, call on the name of Jesus. I say, get saved. I say, get into the kingdom of God. Come out of the kingdom of darkness. That's my role. That's my job here, representing Jesus Christ. I'm not going to misrepresent him this morning. He says, go, my son, and tell them I love them. Tell them I died for them. Tell them I'm, I've risen. Hallelujah. But tell them, come to me as you are. The good thing about Jesus is you don't have to clean up your life. You don't have to suddenly go on a, on a, on a self-help course. Because you can't help yourself. You need Jesus to clean you up. You need to come to him as you are. He's a friend of sinners. Hear what God is saying to you. He's a friend of sinners. And he says, come as you are. So we're going to pray at the end of this uh, worship session that you will come to Christ, that you will call on the name of Jesus, that you will be able to walk out that door and say, Jesus is my friend. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. I heard one hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Jesus is my friend. Hallelujah. I want to pray as well for those. Maybe, you're, maybe you know that God is speaking to you this morning and you're, there's an ear in your life and you're resisting him. And God is saying, he said, that's, if you want that, that's the end of it. If you want what Balaam wants, that's what you'll get. But God doesn't want that for you. He wants, like, he wants like Denise to go on that journey of life not a journey of death. Will you turn around and go back on the right path? That's the second prayer. And the third prayer is for, for us who are, who are just like the Israelites have come in, we're looking over the, into the promised land. The promised land is a picture of what it'll, what it'll be like when we go to heaven. The promised land is, is our future, is my future as a Christian. It's heaven. Hallelujah. But we need strength, don't we? We need courage. We need guidance. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us we can't do it on our own doesn't matter how long you're walking with Jesus don't be fooled into thinking you can do it on your own so that'll be the third prayer we're going to pray that for all of us that the Holy Spirit of God will give us that strength so we're going to hand over to the worship team and then we pray if everyone could just stand please
to sing the words, it's your victory that is making me, and it's your victory that is filling me. Simple as. So we go for, for Jesus, yours is the victory. Are we up for that? Jesus. 
You can pray a simple prayer, but it's your faith that saves you in Christ. Call on the name of Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me hear your voice, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's pray for those who know that God has said, stop and don't go any further because you're resisting me. Let's be honest before the, before the throne of God. If God has spoken to you this morning, again, lift your hand up to God. Do business with the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. God does not condemn his people. God warns his people because he loves you. And you know the proof of his love? He gave you his son, Jesus Christ. That's the proof of God's love. Look to the cross. He died. His blood was spilled. Every drop of his blood. Hallelujah, he rose again. So God sees your hands and God sees your hearts. We pray now, Lord. Just like I spoke about earlier, we can't do it ourselves. We pray for that blockage to go and we pray in the name of Jesus for power, power of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, O oh God of Israel. We pray in the name of Jesus. We pray you will come now, Lord, that you will transform their hearts now, Lord, that they would have the motivation to say no, that they would have the motivation to say no to the evil one and yes to the living God. Hallelujah. And believe it by faith. Believe it by faith that God is doing a work in your heart right now. Hallelujah. Let's pray for the rest of us on our journey. That we would have strength and courage. That we would stay with the church. We would stay with Christ. We would not wander off like 24,000 were struck down because they wandered off. They left Moses. They left the people of God. They left the safe place where God was, God's, God's presence was and 24,000 were killed in one day. I don't want that for me. Do you want that for you? I don't want it for my children. Do you? I don't want it for my friends. I don't want it for you. Let's ask God for the courage and the wisdom and the strength to keep going on that journey because it's not easy, is it? No, it's not. We can do it. Hallelujah. With the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray now, Lord, for the rest of us, every one of us here. We pray for that power, Lord, that power when we wake up in the morning, at lunchtime, Lord, at the, in the evening time, Jesus, that we will have the power and the strength and the courage to say yes to God. Hallelujah. Yes to God. No to Satan. No to the craft that the world will throw at you. Yes to God. Do I hear an amen? Are you going to say yes to God? Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's finish out on a song. Hallelujah. Amen.
of God's goodness today. We really appreciate you coming. The band are going to keep playing. We've got free coffee and tea in our lovely atrium upstairs. We have a prayer and care team. We're going to be up here to pray individually if you'd like that. So if the team members could make their way to the top and if anyone would like prayer, they're delighted to pray for you personally. So God bless you. Hope to see you upstairs and if you have to go, God bless your week ahead. Over to Sophia and the band as they worship and as we mingle. Amen. <laughs>